Hello and welcome to Jordan Talks Titans, the recap show on the Fun Time Calls Radio Network, heavily endorsed by my friends Jack and Ian, who gave me the AOK to recap every episode of Titans uh, of season three, the HBO original series Titans, the Nightwing show. Hi, I'm Jordan. Uh, this episode is episode three of season three, and this was the last of the big batch on the weekend. Uh, so this is going up probably Saturday. Uh, I'm recording this at 2.14 a.m. because bunching this is always exciting. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a bingeable show per se because episode three really did have a lot of stakes compared to episode two. Uh, it felt more dynamic compared to episode two. Uh, it could very well be uh, episode two was a bad batch, and episode three was really good. Uh, I will once again point out that season three is so far actually pretty good. I mean, there has been a lot of flops and a lot of weird scenes, but it, it does seem to go in its own direction, which is kind of curious. As a fan of Batman and the Bat family, it seems like we're going into a fun path. Uh, so <laughs> let's... Uh, I, I wish I could give like a quick old review of this. Um, this is a, another good episode. I don't know if it's as good as episode one, uh, season three, episode one, but it, it does have its great moments. And unlike uh, other episodes, I will say there's been payoffs and there has been twists. And I did kind of enjoy this episode. Uh, I, once again, I, I will say Titans is a weird show. Um, I don't know if it's for everybody, but someone has to recap this weird TV show, I guess. So, <sighs> yeah, yeah, might as well be me. Uh, the last couple of episodes have been pretty lengthy. I, I would not say this episode is going to be as long as those. Um, but that's just me. Um, so let's go straight to, uh, the recap because there's really, once again, nothing really. It's like, it's a good episode um so here we go let's find a recap that i wrote do, 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 do. here we go <clears throat> titans season three episode three hank and dove the episode's called hank and dove not to be confused with season one episode nine hank and don that's hank and don this is hank and dove uh so previously on on titans oop we fuck up with the robbery thing Hi, friends. Welcome to Gotham. Hey, we hired Scarecrow. He's crazy, man. Uh-oh, whoopsie-daisy. Man, fuck the Joker. So, uh, we're Wayne Manor at the family plot. There's a big tombstone for Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred's dead? This, this already fucking sucks. Uh, also, Dick Grayson is now in the plot of Jason Todd. He's digging up the grave and flashbacks to the Red Hood fight that happened the episode prior. The, oh my god, you're Jason Todd. Ah. The casket is open. And, surprise, no one is in the casket. <sighs> yep. So Dick Grayson throws the crowbar in anger. Guess the crowbar's going to be a symbol in this series. And then we go to our theme song. Do 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 do
So we're at Wayne Manor. Dick talks to Dove, Hank, and Corey about Jason being alive and being Red Hood. He claims that Bruce wouldn't have killed the Joker if he knew Jason was still alive. Wait. Now I have to freeze this for a second. But if I had to guess a hypothetical here, if, if the whole premise is that Jason's still alive, what if the Joker is still alive? Am I spoiling the big like midpoint reveal that the Joker is still alive? What if Bruce left and knew about it, knew Jason was still alive, uh, and is currently at the Al Ghul residence and is maybe fucking Talia to McDamon Wayne? Maybe that's where Bruce is. Who knows? Uh, so uh, Corey then ponders this thought: if somebody is bringing people back to life. Maybe they can bring Donna back. Uh, then Hank goes, well, it's a little early for Easter, but somebody resurrected a little ass bite. So uh, Hank, he thinks Jesus is a little ass bite. All right. So they are trying to figure out what happened to Jason. Uh, so they go to the bat cave and try to look for clues to see what he was cooking in the book. So what kind of drugs he was working on to cut to the Wayne Manor kitchen. Hank gets a drink. Don doesn't know what's going on and is upset people think of Jason as a villain. Hank thinks he's a supervillain wannabe. We need to forget he's Jason. We need to put the blinders on. Otherwise, people get soft. Why? Because he's Dick's brother? Give me 10 seconds with that kid and I'll make him wish he stayed dead. Then Hank gets a call. Vring, vring. It's Jason Todd. He's in an apartment. Yeah, yeah, I know I fucked up. Please, you gotta help me out. Oh shit, I should have called you. Anybody else with you? Hank, you gotta believe me, man, okay? All this shit I've done, it's not my fault. I don't know what's happened to me. Something is wrong with me. That, that was exactly how he, he talked, and it was really phony and really good. So, Kurt, I just wanted to say... Uh, you are a really good actor because <laughs> you knew how to play that really hammed up crybaby actor character. Where are you? I can't tell you. Dick would kill me. I wanted to talk to somebody and you're the only one who would listen to me. Uh, tell me where you are. But then you'll tell Dick. No, it's just you and me. Cut to the Batcave. Beast Boy goes into the Batcave. Batcomputer talks now, apparently. Uh, that's new. Uh, I mean, it's the third episode, but sure. Sure, okay, now the back of your talks. We had that in episode one or two. No, Siri, no, sorry, there's no. Uh, Beast Boy wants to send a message to Bruce Wayne. No contact found. Bullshit. Language, Logan. <laughs> Comedy. I, I still don't know who the target audience is for this show other than teenagers who want to say fuck. Uh, and then leaves a voicemail. Hey, Bruce, this is Gar. I know you got to be checking in from somewhere because Batman wouldn't abandon the only family he has. you got to come back to Gotham, man. They are saying Jason is alive, and he needs your help. We need your help. Superboy is confused by it because they normally don't hunt down anybody in the Titans. So we're just going to completely forget season two's final episode where Superboy turns evil and they all fight Superboy in the finale. Remember that? Remember when Superboy was the villain? Anyone? 
Once again, I just want to point this out here. I think what season three of Titans is trying to do is retcon a lot of the garbage bullshit from the first two seasons to make this more fleshed out and better. Uh, because a lot of this stuff, I think they just want to point out is just Donna Troy's death and just move on. They don't even give a fuck about Aqualad, which is kind of funny because that was kind of one of the main plot points of season two was the death of Aqualad leading to the death of the Titans. Uh, and cut to a taxi ride. Hank is by himself in a taxi cab on his way to the location. Jason calls him and tells him to head to the abandoned Gotham Observatory. Uh, the taxi cab driver thinks he's a tourist. Hank goes to the observatory. <clears throat> Jason calls and says the psycho is on the loose. Destroyed the phone. And then as, you know, he destroys the phone... Uh, phone goes into a, is in a bag next to a park bench. It, it's called. Hank picks it up and goes. There better be a chalupa at the end of the line for this. And then gets told to go to the Gotham City gym. He then travels with the taxi cab driver to the Gotham City gym. It's abandoned. The phone rings again. Jason wants him to take off his shirt and pants to prove he isn't wired. So he does that. So now he's in his underwear. What's next? You want me to go naked? Uh, yes, go naked. So then uh, he strips naked and points out, remember, I work for tips. So for a good, like, 20 seconds here, we get to see his ass. We get to see Hank's, Hank's ass in this. So you got some man ass, folks. You got your fan service, right? You got some butt. And now Jason wants to see him swim naked in a pool to the opposite side. Uh, he gets sick of the games, and then, ha-ha, Red Hood pops out and knocks out Hank. We cut to the Batcave. They try and trace the movements of Hank before he disappeared using ring video doorbell technology. Hank enters, dressed as if nothing bad ever happened. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, Hank lifts his shirt to reveal there's a bomb implanted inside him now. It's a gift from our pal Jason. They go to a surgery room. Superboy looks into Hank and sees a ticking bomb in his organs. The barbs inside Hank are sensors, and if they move, the bomb goes off. But the ticking clock inside the, the inside of Hank is not in seconds, but in heartbeats. The phone rings. Dick answers, and it's Jason. He wants to know how his is his buddy Hank. Hey, how's my buddy Hank? Uh, Dick says killing Hank isn't the answer, but Jason says that $50 million in gold bars at 1 a.m. at 1 p.m. at Gotham Central Bank, if he wants to see Hank live, he would bring him the gold. Dick points out that it's not about the money because he could just wire that $50 million to him right now. Jason then says, and rob Gotham of a show, circus boy? Bring me the gold and I'll deactivate. Not gonna happen. Do what you will, Dick. That always turns out well. So he's trying to do like a mind game thing. It's just, yeah. Dove is upset because Dick is listening to Hank and not get caving into terrorists. Dick says he wants to find Jason. The place he made drugs was torched last night and he wants to know where Jason is now. Dove says Barbara is hard to get info out of because of what happened with the robbery. And if it doesn't work, the plan B is to just find Jason on their own. 
Dove is upset because it's not about saving Hank, it's about saving Jason. What's wrong with you? Cut to Hank in a bedroom watching television. Dove checks in, walks in to check the pulse, and Hank gets angry because he should have known he fell for this trap. This leads to him getting angry, and his pulse goes up, making the clock tick faster. Dove tries to calm him down to lower the heart rate. Cut to Arkham Asylum. Jonathan Crane, played by that disgruntled actor, talks to Dick Grayson, and they say there isn't a merciful God. Grayson then drops off eighth of Lemon Lyric. High grade Sadavia. Cross with Blue Dream F1. It's good shit. Or so I'm told. So, uh, hey, anyone who, who does the, the, the does the drugs, is that really good shit? Or is this just kind of just like... Is someone really like just high in the writer's room of Titans? I, I need to know. Anyway, Dick doesn't believe that Red Hood is working alone, and he needs a profile. Crane takes a massive bong hit. Oh, man, yeah, Kevin Smith, baby. What up? Uh, Scarecrow points out that he's lashing out because of a father figure to fill the void. Dick goes or to find a father to replace. Crane would suggest the Joker, but the Bat usually snuffs that out. Who he fights, why he fights, he's in a fight with his father. The abused becomes the abuser. Crane then wonders why Grayson is leaving. Where are you going, old buddy, old pal? We just started. Cut back to Wayne Manor. At the Bat computer, Superboy is looking for bombs on the internet, which will probably be really smart when the NSA starts knocking on the door at Wayne Manor. Grayson points out that he's not looking at the ones under Wayne Enterprises. Because remember, this is Jason, and everything has to be related to Batman or Wayne or Robin or something in some capacity. Beast Boy is wondering if Bruce was making explosives to kill people. Superboy looks at the schematics fast and then wants to build a device that complex to build to put a stop in the heart in three hours. Cut to Gotham City Police. Barbara Gordon wanted the Titans out of Gotham. Instead, I get one rising from the dead. Corey is talking to her. She tells her that Jason could not do this on the, his own, so she needs to know if his body was left unattended. She assumes somebody's working for Jason or Jason's working for them. Then points out the urgency because ticking bomb. Cut to the bedroom. Dove is going to increase the dosage to slow down the heart rate. Hawk doesn't want Dove's cooking as the last meal because you suck. And ask Crypto the Superdog to fish in him some hot dogs and sniff out some bourbon. Hawk is laughing about his death and says his odds aren't looking good. Don says you aren't leaving this shithole world without me and gives him a smooch. They then start making out on the on the bed and does this softcore makeout session. He gets upset because he keeps screwing up because, as we all know, uh, their makeout section will increase because sex increases your heart rate, so therefore it made his death slightly faster and gets upset. Cut to the bat computer in the bat cave. Superboy's still trying to figure this out and is working very fast in weird speedy effects motions that reminds me of The Flash. Beast Boy is wondering how long it'll take and it's over 1.3 million permutations. We didn't go to the police department. Barbara asked the assistant for footage of the morgue. He looks at the corridor and sees a hat with a stretcher. The entrance was blacked out, though, and as she looks at the screen, the blue goop hits. 
that that that's a Raven moment again. But instead of the stretchy corridor thing, a baseball hat man takes Jason from the door. Corey uses the power to see what happened. Cut to Manor. Dove is bringing in hot dogs. Dick just doesn't know what to say because he doesn't want to say goodbye and he isn't done. Don wants to know why he isn't caring about the gold bars. And Dick points out that it plays into Jason's hand because it'll make them look like criminals. The phone rings. Ring, ring. Corey calls Dick from uh, the police headquarters, points out that a henchman picked up Jason and they found the address. They are moving in. Uh, tell Hank I'll call him. Cut to the Central Bank of Gotham. It's 12.58 p.m. The truck is pulling into a parking garage with gold bricks and armed security, and then magically, <gasps> Dove drops in and beats the shit out of armed guards. She goes to the van and sees a flip phone and calls up Jason. Now what? I bet Hank will be happy. Come alone. The party's over. As he hangs up, he sees a baseball cap man tied up and duct taped and says, and with that, now somebody has a flight to catch. And he's scared. Jason smirks. Cut to the bedroom. Hank is in bed alone and flashbacks to all those wonderful moments we had with Don. Remember Hunky Dove when they were in the birdhouse and the roof? Remember the meeting they had in that one flashback in episode nine? It was actually a really good standalone episode uh, of season one that I actually talked about. Remember when I actually said some episodes were really good? Yeah, the, this is kind of like a good uh, flashback. Ep- oh, anyway, Gar shows up interrupting the proceedings. They parry rich people. Hey, give me my catamaran. Oh, that's wonderful. Why is there a big chandelier in this room? You can't have enough brightness when you're having sex. Oh, um, Beast Boy then wonders, if Gotham is Bruce's mess, why do we even come here? I just came back here because I have the hots for Don. Loves a bitch, and I learned my lesson. Garfield wonders why he came. He was out. He was out of the, the crime scene. He didn't have to be a superhero anymore. He's a, he's a bike cop. So they do a melodramatic talk session. I kind of fell asleep midway through. Gar wonders if this is just karma. Hank is fighting. He says he's not ready to go. He has so many things to do, and he wants to do it with his friends and family. Cut to the Gotham warehouse. Dick is driving a car, and as he parks the car, the henchman with the baseball cap that we just saw falls onto the hood and the windshield. He identifies the man as the one from the morgue. Oh, Cyrus. Always dropping in at a bad time, says Jason. Dick wants to finish this and show your face, but is only given the text of a location, 336 West Harbor. He speeds by to West Harbor. Dick calls Hank while on the road. How are you doing? Well, buddy, I'm pretty scared. He's talking about how you can't blame Jason for tearing up this family as Dick is on his way to confront him. As Hank falls asleep talking about buying an extra-large pizza tomorrow if he lives, Superboy is still in the last minutes of trying to figure this out. They're looking at watches. They're looking at a screen. Everyone is looking at the ticking timer that is a heart. It's like a thousand heartbeat game show waiting to happen. Anyway, we'll cut to back to the warehouse. Uh, so I guess we're at the harbor now. Dove drops off the gold bricks and says, I did what you said, Jason. Jason says... It's not chasing you. It's red Because it, he has the mask is... I think they had to change that voiceover. 
Dove wants to know where the deactivation device is and looks at the red box. Inside it is a gun. You want to deactivate the device? All you have to do, and then he removes his mask, is... Oh, wait. If you want to deactivate the device, all you have to do is kill me. Because he takes off the mask. Dove, what the hell happened to you? Same thing that happened to everybody. I grew up. You can too. You just have to face your fear. Batman did easier than you think. Pull the trigger and you're free. Uh-oh, Hank is going to blow up soon. So who's it going to be, me or him? And just as she's about to pull the trigger, a wingding flies out and knocks out the gun from her hand. Nightwing shows up and says, don't. Who invited this guy? Nightwing and Dove get in a fight for the gun. The heart ticker is now at 69. Heartbeat's now at 69. Nice. Uh, you don't want to do this. Don't tell me what I fucking don't want. The watch is ticking. You know, it's 62, 61, 60. Jason tells him, Dick's lying. This is the only way. As, as Jason holds up a detonator device. Hank tells Starfire to take Crypto and go. Superboy is almost done. Tell Dawn I love her. He starts singing some songs, some she-santy songs about the sailors. Cut back to the harbor warehouse. If you do this, he wins. He won't save Hank. He's lying. Hey, Bat Boy, she's a grown-ass woman. Let her make up her own decision. Once again, Dove then pulls the trigger. It's six, five, freezes. And the device starts ringing. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, Superboy figured out the correct way to stop it and is running as fast as he can up to the room. Five, freeze, freeze. Jason goes, oops, looks like I gave you the detonator. And then kaboom. Hank blows up and dies. Yeah, that's... You thought you thought you were gonna get your ticking bomb moment of six five four and then freezes and everything's good. No. In a fun twist, no, Hank actually is dead. And the manor does blow up. He's gone. Hank blows up and dies. Dove doesn't know what happened. Nightwing is there to tell her what happened. You pushed the den air, blew up, Jason lied to you. And they hug it out as she cries, knowing the one person in the world that she loved just blew up because of Jason Todd. Corey runs to the Batcave over to Gar, uh, cries and hugs. Superboy, who was at the door just minute, like milliseconds away, failed. Crypto ran out of this ashy bedroom. And is covered in dust and goes over to Superboy. They hug it out and cry. So Superboy and Crypto cry. Gar and Cory cry. And Dove and Nightwing are crying. Everybody is sad because justice didn't prevail. Jason won. And that's the end of episode three of Titans. That's how we cut it off. 
See you next week when we find out what happens with Jason. Will he get his retribution? Will he win? What an amazing plot point. So we that's how the show ends. And I just wanted to point out that I think that was kind of really neat that they actually decided to actually avoid the trope of the ticking clock last second blow up. They actually just went, no, he's dead. Uh, it sucks because I think Hank and Hawk was a really cool character, but I think that kind of ran his course because the first two season arcs was just that are they, aren't they relationship and it became this whole plot point of just like, well, he's a, he just was ready to leave. He, he doesn't want to be a superhero anymore because he just wants to be in fights. And that's not good. That's not sane. Uh, and they split up. And then they got together somewhat. And, ju- and I guess what makes this a really cool twist, and this is when I actually kind of went like, okay, Titans, Titans, you actually did something right this time. Is that because I got I got fooled basically? I was thinking this is going to be another god awful season where they're going to do the on again off again relationship with Hank and with, with Hank and Don. Are they going to get back together and go to DC? Is this going? To, oh boy, more of it. And they just flat out said, "No, impossible." Now he he blew up. He's dead. So they basically just immediately shut down that one story arc. Uh, the payoff is basically nothing's going to happen. That relationship's gone. So now it's going to be about Dove trying to reconcile uh, with losing a loved one in the process. And also one less Titan to write for. So that makes the ensemble a lot less. Um, Jason is now considered a villain and has now shown Joker-like tendencies because the oopsie-doopsie, I switched it out. So... It is possible that maybe, if my hunch is correct, that uh, Jason was beaten with an inch of his life, pronounced dead, and then the Joker revived Jason uh, to make him his own, like Robin of his own. And in the process, Joker gets killed quote-unquote. So we're led to believe in Batman world that Jason and and Joker are dead. And he's out. He's leaving the country because he's he's a murderer. Bruce Wayne's a murderer now. Uh, But in reality, maybe they're both still alive because if Jason Todd's still alive as Red Hood, who is the new dad? Who is the new Batman? Would it make sense for it to be the Joker? which would be an even bigger twist because Red Hood is Joker's arch character. But what became a Red Hood's biggest thing is to kill Joker and need that retribution because Batman never came to kill the Joker. This is a flip of the script because Batman killed the Joker and fucking fled. But it's a psych. It's all a practical joke. You've been walk the prank. You've been ex. You're on the Jamie Kennedy experiment hosted by the Joker. Uh, it's a amazing twist to say the least. Because I mean, it, it sounds like that's a direction they're going to go with. Is that the Joker is the new ringleader and convinced Red Hood to be do the bidding, and he doesn't know it. Um, and the drug is going to be the main thing. Um, but to the eyes of the audience right now, the Joker's dead. 
So we're led to believe the Joker is dead, but Robin's still alive. So I'm led to believe in a mid-season twist, we're going to find out the Joker's still alive. Even though, to our perception, Joker's dead and Batman's fled because he killed the Joker with a crowbar. Um, so that's going to be a big, exciting twist. I don't know how I feel about that as a fan of, of uh, Red Hood and Jason Todd. I think the best way to write Jason Todd was always a redemption arc. Uh, but you have to, of course, make him a villain before you make him a hero again. So it's kind of weird to see how this goes. Um, but maybe this is going to lead to Red Hood and the Outlaws spinoff. Who knows? Uh, it seems to me, though, that Jason Todd's character is going to be one that's going to be more cruel than other perceptions of Jason Todd which is actually kind of rewarding to me anyway, because if you're trying to make a Bat family member a villain, and usually that is Red Hood, you're going to make them despicable, and they did a really good job of writing that so far. Uh, in a way that it's going to be really fun to uh, a lot of family members who love the Bat fam so much and think they're all one big happy family to see this happen. Of course, as this is going on, uh, I just want to point out that like tight end seasons of prior, we aren't getting any contribution to that of Tim Drake. And we're not learning that about Carrie Kelly or Duke Thomas or Stephanie Brown from that one episode. So while there was a glimmer of Tim Drake in, in episode one, we're now in episode three and we haven't seen it yet. So I'm led to believe we're going to see a bit more of Tim Drake in the later run of the series as we now need a new Robin and Nightwing it needs to become more Batman-ish. Uh, and because it's a death of a Titans member, uh, and just want to flash back to this, uh, the death of Aqualad and the death of Donna Troy uh, led to shifts within the Titans themselves. So for Corey, she's now pissed because two Titans people died recently. Uh, and I'm led to believe that this might split up the Titans again, and here we go again. So this could mean that Gar goes back to San Francisco, or this could mean something else entirely. It could end up being another 1v1 match with Nightwing and Red Hood at the end. Uh, thankfully, though, it seems like they have now written Beast Boy to have certain clots, and another thing that's still kind of funny to me is that they still haven't written anything for Raven. So they've just written out Raven for the season so far as she's trying to revive uh, Donna Troy. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of unsolved mysteries. It seems like there's just questions of where everybody is. But I do like the fact that they gave screen time to Dove, uh, Corey, uh, Superboy, and Beast Boy. I think that's kind of a fun little mix. And I do love uh, the Superboy in this. I think th this version of Superboy is a really cool Superboy. It's not as cool as like the 90s punk Superboy, but I, it is a likable Superboy. Beast Boy, I think he's becoming more of like a... a, a asshole <laughs> like he's becoming more and more unlikable by the mo moment 
which is not to say Ryan Potter sucked. It really is just like the character is now becoming like a guy who just can't figure out where he belongs in the Titans. So he's going to lash out at people, but they haven't really on a theatrical sense uh, tried to measure that yet. Uh, and Corey still had this whole B plot with Starfire and Blackfire and Tamaron under attack and her going to a spaceship, which we have yet to visit. So once again, I think they're just retconning a lot of season two so far into making this a Bat Family special. Uh, if you're a fan of Bat Family stuff, that this is a season for you. And the Jason Todd is brilliant. And the way that they're handling Dick Grayson and Nightwing is pretty well. He's not as quippy in this, but, you know, he is doing a, a, a good job. I think this is still the best season of Titans so far. Uh, it's still a chore to sit through, though. I will still admit it is a big chore to sit through. This was the quickest episode of Titans. Uh, but, eh, you, you, you get what you get, right? That's what happens. So, uh, that, so that's been the end of the block of Titans. I will do another one Thursday, Friday. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but before I go, uh, this is once again, not a show about Titans, but that about HBO Max. Uh, by association with Jack and Ian. I have to review stuff on HBO Max, so this is an HBO Max thing. And um, I just want to talk about something called The Suicide Squad. So one cool thing about HBO Max, because it's a new streaming service that hasn't really been on here for over a year, this was a thing in 2020. Titans, when it was last seen season two, was on the DC streaming service, that DC Comics app, but now it's on HBO Max. And it's this hot new streaming service that combines a lot of the word library with that of HBO. So you can be watching HBO shows like How To with John Wilson. You could be watching original shows like F-Boy Island. Um, or you could be watching DC movies like that of The Suicide Squad. Uh, so uh, as, as the big treat at the end... Uh, the Suicide Squad uh, is a movie that just came out, directed by James Gunn. Uh, it's a sort of it's a sequel to the Suicide to Suicide Squad, the original one with Jared Leto and Harley Quinn. Uh, I will. I, it's it's a tough thing to say. Um, I will say that James Gunn is a great director, but I really think James Gunn is best when he does creature features, like Slither. And I think what he does best in in these movies is always make something out of the weird characters, like Rocket Raccoon and Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, and in this one, which became kind of like a mockery of Guardians of the Galaxy and the mockery of Disney, uh, things like Weasel and King Shark and Starro, um, sorry, Starro. Uh, it, they're all presented as kind of like weird characters that are kind of likable um, with I'm King Shark being like a joke. Uh, and I thought that was kind of funny and cute and clever, but it feels sort of um, bland in its storytelling ability. Uh, as a Suicide Squad, it really wanted to be like this 1970s action kind of movie, but set in modern day. Uh, I thought the best character in this was Idris Elba, his character. And I thought that was kind of a really uh, funny disease. Give me knuckles next. Um, 
I thought John Cena as Peacemaker is kind of funny, but I after like rewatching the boys, it's kind of just like, oh, this is just like Homelander. Oh, this is just like a watered down Homelander. Oh, okay. Even though it's a terrible character, blah 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 blah. Comic books can be translated. Look at Midnight or look at Apollo and compare it to Batman and Superman. Uh, but it it's a weird uh, situation. I think uh, it was very funny. I actually laughed a few times at Suicide Squad. I was entertained, which is, I guess, a premise of movies is to entertain. Uh, but is it like the best DC movie? No. Is it the worst? No. Uh, does it deserve praise? Maybe. Does it deserve hate? Not really. Uh, I think it, it really is that middling movie that you will find something to like, something to dislike. Uh, and James Gunn, as a director, knows what he wants. And I think this felt like more like a fuck you to Disney than necessarily a good movie. However, I will say that people really like King Shark. And if you like that, maybe check out the Harley Quinn animated show also on HBO Max that you can watch at any time. Because that has a really cool King Shark. But instead of played by Sylvester Stallone, it's played by Ron Funches. Um, and it, it, it also, I think another part of the Suicide Squad is just that fact that the DC entertainment universe still kind of, it sucks in a way that they can't connect the dots and they're still sort of mixed signals. Like Wonder Woman 1984 was not that good to me. Um, but I love Shazam. I thought Shazam was fantastic. Uh, I thought Aquaman was pretty good too. But it's one of those situations where this is better than the original Suicide Squad. But I think this is not going to get the traction that you want. I don't think people are clamoring to see Suicide Squad the same way they see Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't know if it's just superhero fatigue or if it's just that people don't know ensembles with characters they've never heard of. Which might be the case because a Suicide Squad has a lot of villains that weren't in other movies. However, I, I do like the fact that this is the movie that James Gunn wanted to do. I honestly thought they were going to do... If, if I was going to be a betting man, I would have thought it would be Swamp Thing if you were James Gunn. I would have thought it would have been uh, like, a, like a weird... Like, like a Martian Manhunter would have been a character he would do. Or the Green Lantern universe. Because you can have so much creative vision with Green Lantern. But I guess Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, compared to David Ayer, uh, it's comparing apples to oranges. It's kind of like comparing the Snyder cut with the Whedon cut. Whedon is more comical. Snyder is more action-packed and theatrical. But I, I think James Gunn does what James Gunn does really well with the Suicide Squad movie, which you can watch on HBO Max, or you can watch Titans. Uh, is that he has this great ability? to try and blend the genres. And I think that he didn't, that everyone says this is a superhero movie. I will defend James Gunn and say he doesn't make superhero movies. He makes a genre movie that just happens to revolve around superheroes. This is that 1970s Ocean's Eleven spy game kind of movie. Uh, it's, it's an okay version of that. Um, but that's the same way saying like like saying Joker is great when you can watch Taxi Driver, uh, like it's the same way. Um, 
But I do love Harley Quinn in this. I do like her more in the Birds of Prey movie uh, because I just am a sucker for Black Canary. I, I love the Canaries. I like Cassandra Kane. I don't like her version of it, but maybe it'll get better, blah, 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 blah. But, hey, maybe you have different thoughts. Maybe you'll love this movie. Maybe you don't like this movie. But you can go check it out on HBO Max uh, if, you, if, you have the, if you have the account. And odds are, if you're watching Titans on HBO Max, you have the platform already. Maybe go watch Suicide Squad as well. Uh, and that's going to do it for us tonight thank you so much for tuning in uh and until next time as i always say it's some good shit or at least that's what i've been told (laughs) 